0: Stepping back and stroking to Bogdanovic, thinking about a three, there it is, yes!
1: See it again. No double team help anymore. Defeat to Embiid is back with an all-new episode. It is the playoffs. The Sixers are hosting the Toronto Raptors uh, in the first round as a four-versus-five seed matchup. Uh, This is Austin Krell, as always, along with uh, my pal Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire and USA Today. Kai, we are how many days? We are technically... Two, I guess, and yeah, almost now about three days out. A three days. days out, uh, uh, days out. Uh, from from this playoff series starting. Uh, how are you doing the last couple of days before we the, the the onslaught of work starts?
0: I am. Um, I'm still figuring out how to get to Toronto, <laughs> so I think I have my plan. I think I'm all set, but. I have to like wait for confirmation, but I think I'm all set. Um, but yeah, traveling to Toronto was stressing me out the most. So, did you, did
1: <laughs> you get your uh, passport yet?
0: Getting it tomorrow. Okay, so you'll be all right. Yeah, I, I think so. I hope so.
1: And if not, we'll see you on the obvious, We'll see. We'll see you back in Philly in six months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> after, they, after they release you from jail.
0: Cut it out. Don't even like speak that into the air. Like, Tony. Oh, man. I'd be terrible in jail. Who would your first call go to? My first call? Probably my mother. (laughs) I mean, come on. Fair enough. All right. (laughs) Mom. Fair enough. All right. We got
1: a series to break down. Yes. Um, Like I said, four versus five, Sixers, Raptors. Sixers have one court advantage. Um, just going to walk through some of the numbers here first. The Raptors are 16th in offense at 112.9 points per 100 possessions. Um, They have an effective field goal percentage of 51.2%, which is 27th in the NBA. So they they struggle shooting the ball a little bit. Um, The defensive end of the court is really where they get their chops. They give up 110.7 points per 100 possessions. Um, They for the, the, they they have a turnover percentage of 16.4%, which in other words means that their opponents, uh, 16, 16.4% 16. Of, the, of the opponent's possessions and turnovers that is best in the NBA. So they get you, they get you, you know, backpedaling, uh, on defense and they run the ball right and right down, right down your throat. Um, this is going to pose a problem for the Sixers this series.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I feel like when you kind of look at when when you really kind of break this series down and you just kind of dig by by the numbers and then you go back and watch the four games in the regular season. Um, well, I mean, I guess you you can't really take too much stock in the first two games just because both teams were really missing a lot of pieces in the first two. But even when you look at the last two and Harden played in those games, Sixers struggled, man. I think Harden shot three for 12 in the last matchup with Toronto. Um, and it's in the first matchup with Toronto that Harden played in. The Sixers were down by two. With like, like late in the game, and Harden drives in and he barrels into I think it was Precious Achua and he picks up an offensive foul, which then got turned into a flagrant one. Um Raptors are tough, man. They're physical. They're tough, they, and, and they and they play like a lot of junk defenses. You know, like I've noticed that Toronto they won't just play like one style. Like they're they're one of those teams that like kind of like throws a bunch of different defenses at you, whether it be a zone, man-to-man, box and one, like, I mean, whatever works. Um, The Raptors are going to throw whatever the hell they can at you and find something that sticks. So, and also on top of that, they got a lot of versatility, a lot of length. So it's going to be really interesting how the Sixers kind of attack all of that in this series.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um they they'll throw a triangle um and two, they'll throw, you know, a box and one. You know, they, they, they don't they're they're not ones to um you know get too typical with their defense. They're gonna mix some things up, they're gonna throw some some things that you're not comfortable with at you. Um and you know, it's it, it it's gonna be on the Sixers to navigate that. And I think I I think the paramount thing here is yeah, with Harden, it's problematic in a lot of ways because um, he's having trouble being switches right now and smashes. Um If they're bigger guys, they're able to stay in front of them. Um, if they're smaller guys, he isn't able to, to blow by them at all. So he's having a lot of problems just using his wheels to create space and crack the interior. And um, he's ineffective in that regard. Um, and they're, they're, they were throwing traps at Embiid. Like, you know, they're, they're, he's seeing two, three guys on him, um, every time he catches the ball and it's forcing him into, you know, difficult shots or keeping him away from the paint. And that's problematic for him as well. Um, and, you know, I, I think number one, the Sixers have been really good at taking care of the ball for the most part this year. Obviously, you're going to commit turnovers. You're better off, you're better, you're best served having them come in the, uh, dead ball variety out of bounds instead of live ball, um, you know, open court turns and, 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 uh, you know, the shots and whatnot. So if they can take care of the ball in that regard, they'll be in good shape. Toronto's half court offense. Um, they, they, they average 91.3 points per one hundred half court plays, which is 26th in the NBA. So Toronto's goal is just going to be to get you out in transition. And, and and make the Sixers run. Problem is all season long, transition has been a major, major, major problem. Um, so that's gonna be the story of this series is how much can Toronto force the Sixers into errors on in offense and make them run back on defense. And yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, like you you kind of brought up like an interesting point. You just brought up Toronto's transition offense, like the, the Toronto's two strengths are rebounding and transition de- and tra- scoring and transition the sixers yes. two weaknesses have been rebounding and transition defense now i i kind of look at it and the game obviously slows down in the playoffs you know like who knows like I don't, I don't even know austin if the raptors are going to have the same type of transition opportunities in this series that they had in the regular season but they will be able to rebound the ball well because that's always been their mo for one and they have the the length and the size and the the players really, really like they'll, they you know the want to to kind of go out and go do it and go get it. So I, I mean at the end of the day I think the Sixers should win this series because they have more talent. Um but Toronto's tough, man. Like like they're just they're a physical bunch or a physical group and 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 Nick Nurse always seems to come up with like the greatest game plan ever when it comes to defending Joel. I mean Joel may get his points, but he's going to be working his ass off to get them.
1: Right, so like they're they're very long, Toronto, and as a result, they can show pressure and 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 shade you, and deny you the ball. They can when you when you when you get the ball, they can really um, get up in your space, make it harder for you to see over them and or or act over them or, or around them. Um, and then you know, on top of that, uh, um, you know, they they the, they have a lot of athleticism, so they can go and sell out on you and then recover back uh, to their man. If you make that pass to a different teammate to a teammate who's open. Um, so they, they're going to pose. This isn't to say that they're necessarily a better team, but what, no, Toronto Toronto's not the better team. What the, what this is to say, what this is to say is that Toronto, their strengths fit exactly into the Sixers' weaknesses and that's problematic.
0: Right. Right. And that's why I think the series goes long. Um, I mean, I think this series could go six, maybe even seven games. Like, it it could reach there. Like, my prediction at the moment is Sixers and seven. Um, You know, just just kind of looking at things. And I think it's only – and the only reason why I'm even picking the Sixers is because they're going to have the two best players in the series, and Joel and James. I also factor in, Austin, that Fred VanVleet's kind of been struggling going into these playoffs. He's dealing with a knee injury for one. But I think over his final 21 games of the year, they did play. I think he shot only somewhere around – 37 percent from the floor and that that's not that's not from deep that's from the floor overall so uh, i think van vliet you know his his injury and the fact that he has been struggling a little bit um the fact that the sixers can kind of throw a a bunch of different guys at him you know uh, tyrese maxey will certainly be one to you know, bother them. And um, Maxi was talking about the other day at practice about how he is, you know, hoping to kind of cut off a bunch of different things that he can offer. So that's another factor that's going to play in the series. That I think that's having me, again, kind of lean more towards Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think another weakness in the series for the Sixers is going to be, like I'm looking at Toronto's roster, they realistically can play 10 guys, like Precious, Achua, OG and Obi, um, Scotty Barnes, Kem Birch. Uh, Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher, uh, who's a
0: sixer killer,
1: yeah, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, Yuda Wadnabi, and Thaddeus Young. That's 10 guys, they can go 10 deep. Sixers have three, guys, have eight guys total
0: that you can trust. So,
1: Toronto's gonna, to
0: try, I think you have eight. Well, I mean, think about it, think about it. And then, and, and in Toronto, you're you're only going to have like six or seven because right. of the team. So, so, so you're
1: going to have seven in Toronto, because I, I think Danny and George. Well, Danny Dan will be a starter. So George and Shake, or be or the two okay. that off the bench. Okay,
0: Once, but even, even with George though, and and you and I have talked about this a couple of times. Not just he's
1: too, he's too fleet of foot, too too slow, so right. he can't really stay on the court. But I, I think there. I think if you. I think if if you play him. 14 15 minutes a game in this series he can give you just a lot of threes going up and you'll take his you'll take his chances
0: which will be huge and i mean like if if niang is going to hit those threes and yeah i mean it's definitely going to offset the fact that he's not going to be able to maybe help out as much on the defensive end but then also we go go back to the rebounding thing i mean watching niang rebound against this raptor team was tough and you know he he's gonna have to step up a bit on the glass in this series. Like that's gonna be such a big thing, um, such a huge factor just going in, into these playoffs. Like they need George Niang to be able not to not only knock down threes, but he's got to give you something on the on uh, on rebounding.
1: Yeah, and I mean yeah, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I, you're gonna have to play him because inevitably you just don't have many. Right,
0: guys. right. Because um, who else are you gonna play?
1: Right. Um, and but I think like it isn't so much about having competent guys off the bench, it's that the more bodies that you can trust off the bench, the more you can rest your best players, and that is critical going into the fourth quarter. Because if Embiid and Harden have already played 40 minutes heading into the fourth quarter, and those guys and, and, and Siakam and, and you know, uh, Van Vliet and whoever else you want to name has only played 30. 637 they're going to be fresher in the final 4 minutes of the of the game. No, so that's going sure. to be problematic. Um for the home games cuz that's when Matisse Thybul will be available after his um you know a- a- after his decisions um the home games where Matisse Thibel is playing um You'll notice that in those games the Raptors are basically selling out on him. They're like saying, "We're going to give you the three-point line in the corner. We're going yeah, to Yeah, that happens with everything. Yeah, we're going to give you we're going to give you an entire funnel to the to the to the basket. Like we're going to say like we're going to give you the entire strip of land on the court that from the corner three to the baseline and block area to do whatever you want and we're going to sell out and play high. So Thibault has that entire back lane to cut.
0: Now, um, see, shake. hold on, just real quick. Going back to Shake, I just pulled up his numbers against Toronto this year. They're pretty good. He shot four for six from deep in three games against Toronto. Um, he shot eight for ten overall, uh, got to the free throw line. Um, true shooting percentage of 96.5%.
1: <laughs> yeah, which is insane.
0: So, I know. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. But, yes, averaged seven points per game off the bench in three games against Toronto. So, clearly, he was able to find something. Um but the crazy thing is, and we got the plus minus again per basketball reference, and this is plus minus is minus 40.7 in 88 minutes, or excuse me, 44 minutes played.
1: <laughs> plus minus can't be a point number. Like you, you can't have a point, you can't have a decimal in a plus minus.
0: No, I know that. So I'm very curious about like what they're like adding to like this plus yeah. minus. Is that like a plus minus average, or is that like a. Probably an average, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm very I'm very curious about that either way Shake was able to find like some type of um offensive success against them and I kind of agree with you he's gonna be very important but then Austin I do ask you this question when they're in Toronto Matisse can't play you, are you turning to furcon Korkmaz?
1: No, no 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 you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have to say like we're gonna need 36 37 38. 39 minutes out of the guys on the wings are going to need okay.
0: that. Okay. But I think you and I both know after covering doc now for almost two years, you know, doc is probably going to turn to Furkan Korkmaz and the games in Toronto.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't advise it, but it is what it is. Um, I low key. I am interested in the idea of not just playing shake at the guard spots, but playing him, on the wings, because I like think all three. Yeah, I think he's long, and I think he has the wingspan where he can give you some of that defensive versatility that that Thiebel can give you, and he can disrupt passing lanes in 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 ways that I don't think anybody else on the roster besides Matisse can do. Um, but you know, I, 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 th- this series really, I think, is is, is going to be won by the depth factor, and you know, their ability to 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 basically count on their teammates to make plays like, you know, Toronto is going to have the depth, but um, the Sixers have the two best players in the series, like you said, and that might be all they need. But what I think the important thing is here um, is that like, they're going to double Joel. They're going to double, triple Joel. They're going to switch on Harden Harden to, to, to take away his, his driving. And that's inherently rim protection in itself. So, when they're making no swing passes, you need one guy to put a hurting on on them, and that is Tyrese Maxey. They're going to need Maxey to attack closeouts and and get to the middle of the floor, and then make make you know either, either get to the basket and make shots, or you know kick to 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 the opposite to to the, to the weak side and really put Toronto into their rotations. I think one of the biggest things for the Sixers and specifically Tyrese Maxey is the fact that he has su- he's the- he's developed such strong and such good body control at the ring. Yeah.
0: yeah, that that's a really that's a really good point. Like I, I think uh, obviously Embiid and Harden are going to kind of carry this team in terms of the offensive of load in this series, but you just I think you kind of alluded to it earlier. We just really didn't get too much into it Harden is having a tough time exploiting bigger matchups when they when they switch on to him and that's where maxi has to come in and maxi has to kind of come in and really give this team a spark in on the offensive end in terms of being able to get to the basket getting into the paint is always philadelphia's um mo right like how many times like have they struggled on the office event and, be- and it's because like they're not getting into the paint and they're not really making any um headway to the basket because then at that point they're able to attract defenses and then it's just a, a kick out from there. So I'm very interested to see how they, how they attack that. I'm very interested to see how they defend Toronto in the, in transition and trying to make them a half the half court team. Um, because yeah, they, they struggled in the half court. And then you add Fred Van Vliet's injury and we don't know about OGN and Obi OB either. I mean, he's been hurt for a good majority of the year. So it just, it, it, this, this series should be a Sixers win, Austin, but I'm also very concerned about Harden putting up a playoff clunker. We all know he's good for one or two of them. So we don't know if it's going to be in this series or if it's going to be in the next series. I'm just very curious to see what happens with that.
1: My stance on that is if he does, fine. Then he's just less likely to to, to, to hold them over the barrel for a max deal this summer and be like, yeah, I'll just take the player option and we'll see where it goes from there. And then they can retool a little bit. I mean, listen, we'll get into this more later. I, I, you and I have discussed that not ad nauseum off the record, what we think our, about this team. We'll get into that more later, but another area of concern for me. So I, I I'm for my, from my own written preview, these are the, I'm pulling six three best lineups. This is the net ratings of their three best lineups, their best lineup. This is the best they have on the team. Of course, includes Matisse Stiebel, who won't be able to play three games in the series. Right. Um, that lineup is a plus 20.2 per 100 possessions. It's the best lineup in the NBA since the trade deadline. Um, next best lineup, Harden, Maxi, Danny Green, Tobias, Joel. That's likely going to be your starting five for the entire series. Yeah. That lineup in 74 minutes of play this uh, since the trade deadline, not plus nine per 100. So that's still pretty good. Still really good. Yeah. But not not blowing teams away that the way that that first lineup is right their third best lineup. Mm-hmm. Harden, Maxi, Tobias, <laughs> Niang, Embiid. That lineup in fifty two minutes of play, plus .3 per one hundred possessions.
0: Yeah, I was about to say it can't it can't be like anything crazy with that.
1: They, they are barely skating by with three lineups yeah barely, barely um that's extremely problematic that you don't have more than three lineups that you can credibly go to that and sample size have proven that they can do anything positive on the court
0: yeah and doc has mentioned it the first couple of days of practice and you know leading up to this he has admitted we are a work in progress which is not something you really want to be heading into the playoffs. This is not a position you really want to be in. And this is why, like, I think this series is going to be so problematic. Like, the Raptors are a team that they're not the, the same talented team that won the championship in 2019. Um, but they do have some pieces left from that team, Siakam, Van Vliet. Uh, I know Ananobi didn't play in the playoffs. He had the injury, but Ananobi was with them all season long. Um, you, you know, And so those three guys – have been a part of that championship run. Uh, Trent was with them last year. He's with them again this year. Achua has really grown into his role as a, as the uh, the starter on this team. Uh, the Raptors have depth. Um, Scotty Barnes has been really good for them as a rookie. So like, I look at I look at the Raptors, and again, like they don't have that big name player that are going to jump out at you. But I mean, dude, like the Raptors, the, this series is going to be a knock it down, drag it out. It's going to be tough as hell.
1: Yeah. Now, on Toronto's side, if you thought those lineups were, 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 were disappointing, wait until you see this in Toronto.
0: Yeah, they're not great. I'm sure they're not. No,
1: they're not. This is Toronto's top three lineups since the, since the trade deadline.
0: Okay.
1: And we go in order of minutes played. So the most played lineup they've, they've had since the trade deadline: Kem Birch, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent, uh, yeah. Scotty Barnes. That lineup in 132 minutes, negative 5.5 per 100 possessions.
0: There's no way that's their best lineup. That's their best lineup. There's no way. I refuse to believe that. Since,
1: since the trade deadline, a minimum, of, <laughs> the minimum, a minimum of 50 minutes played, That is the, 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 that lineup has played 132 minutes. It's the most used lineup it has since, since the trade deadline, um, and they're negative 5.5 per
0: 100. Now, Grant really used to believe that's their best lineup.
1: Now, grants no, 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 it's not their best, but that's the most played lineup they have since the All Star. Okay, okay. The deadline. Granted, that lineup has played 11 games together, so they they're missing some, some some guys. They haven't had a lot of time together, but yeah, still,
0: they, yeah, they they had they've been missing some guys. Van Vliet has been injured a lot.
1: Right, but even that lineup features him. That tells you that he's struggling. He's yeah. he's struggling. Their next most played lineup since since the trade deadline: Tiakam, Fred Van Vliet. OG Ananobi, Gary Trent, Scotty cool. Barnes. 74 minutes, five games played, negative 9.3 per 100 possessions.
0: Okay, but what's their best lineup, though?
1: Best lineup is this. 58 minutes played, eight games. Pascal, Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Presta Sachua, Scotty Barnes. That lineup, plus twenty plus 23.2 per 100. So that's a lineup that I think – you're probably going to see a ton of um, in this playoff series, and why is that? Because I think it's the mobility. Kem Birch is a big, bi- you know, is is a bigger big guy, um, and Achua is a little smaller, but he's more mobile. And I think that mobility, that ability to stretch out and shoot the three, um, even if he's shooting like thirty 20- percent, which I think he is right now.
0: Achua actually shot five for six from deep, I think, in the last matchup. Before. Right, which was an, which is an anomaly. An anomaly. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but still he did it um, so that that's going to be their death lineup that, that I think is, 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 is that lineup with a Chua playing the, the five, which tells you by the way that they're going small. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us to our next point. The, the, the world's most enjoyable.
0: Oh, up- stop. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to talk about the, this. The,
1: the, the, some people debate about politics or healthcare or social issues, we debate about the backup center position for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Doc has gone back and forth with, with, with us about who the backup center should be. on the, a, After their season ending, or their regular season finishing victory over the Pistons, Doc, I, I started the, the whole uh, avalanche with asking him about playing Paul Reed. In the postseason, because Paul Reed looked really fucking good um, in, in in the last couple of games that he played, yeah. and says that we're not going on a Paul Reed victory tour. I'm trying to win a real championship, man. Um, that set Twitter on fire. Then yeah. Kyle Newbeck follows that up with his question. I forget what it was, but it was basically you know re- reiterating you know this and that. Derek Bodner has the famous exchange where they go back and forth for multiple minutes. About no. Paul Reed. Um, I understand what Doc is saying about DeAndre and that DeAndre is a bigger, is, is, is a more traditional big man. Um, they like the fact that he commits fewer fouls, even though I would argue that probably isn't the case. <laughs> um, um, and they like something that DeAndre brings. Now, when they go smaller doc said they're going to go with paul reed um and i think paul reed should be the guy um regardless of 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 small versus big the reason for that i think he has a, a better will at the moment to be an effective backup center he's hungrier than jordan is i mean jordan you know he he can he he I Will give him this. He devours rebounds. Like that's what he does. That's what he does. He secures the glass pretty often. But when he doesn't, he is literally not blocking people out, they're coming right in behind him, stealing rebounds away from him. Um, when uh, when Paul Reed's there, the glass is protecting, you know, he's getting on the glass, he's fighting, he's he's fighting rebounds away from from, from the opponent and creating additional possessions. He's crashing well, he's recovering from spot to spot defensively. I don't think there's any reason that Paul Reed shouldn't be, shouldn't be the backup big man. In fact, let me give you uh, some stats. When Deandre Jordan is on the court and Paul Reed is off the court. So in other words, when Johnny Jordan is the backup big, those lineups in 203 minutes, minus 7.88, minus 7.88 points per hundred possessions.
0: I know. I figured that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and bad, I mean he's playing eleven minutes a game. that's really bad um paul reed in in his spot he played more minutes he's negative seven point one two per hundred so i the sample size for Reed is i think is even though he's played more total minutes this year, we've seen him in greater we've seen Jordan in far greater excess, and we know. Jordan's tendencies so those numbers I think add up a little more
0: I mean sure but when you look at Paul Reed also I mean there's a reason why he wasn't playing for a majority of the year and it was kind of obvious to me every time he was out there he had no idea where to go yeah you know, like this okay like yeah I agree. And, and 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 that's such an issue like like when you have a um a guy like Paul Reed like again you're yeah I don't know. Again, you're talking to me, who's like not a huge Paul Reed guy. I'm just yeah, not.
1: And I, and I I don't have an opinion on him yet because I don't I don't I don't have a ton to compare him against.
0: But, but like I mean, but it's, it's, it's because every time I see him out there, other than maybe the game against Detroit the other night, he goes out there and he just still has no idea where he's supposed to be on either end of the floor. Like whether it's an offensive set, he's very good at pick and roll. I mean, that's very simple. But any type of offensive set, he has no idea where he's at. Defensively, he's out of he's out of rotation a lot. That's why he's always picking up fouls. I mean, even against Indiana, what do you have five fouls in like ten minutes? I mean, come on. So like like you you cannot do that in um, you know in the playoffs. You just can't. Now you can make the case that Doc probably should have played him in like you know February or <laughs> Jan- January. Like okay, sure. Because you know, you, you know he's got to be able to learn somehow, some way. But just, just Paul Reed has such a long way to go, and people think that he's going to just go out there and like like make make this huge impact in the, in the playoffs. And I just I'm not really sure. Like he'll probably have a couple of nice dunks. He'll have a, probably like a nice block that go ooh and ah uh, a little bit. But he let, like let's just say your backup center comes in and commits five fouls in ten minutes. That swings playoff games.
1: Yeah. And I think and I, I, I do agree in that um like Reed can come in and commit a bunch of fouls early on or be out of position and cause his teammates to commit fouls in the backup minutes as they try to recover to make up for his mistakes. And that could change that that, that could change the, the game for you. Um, which is you know it's problematic. At the same time, even though Reed makes mistakes and even if he isn't long-term the right guy. I still think that his ability to recover from his own mistakes and get back to the right position or save the play with effort is better than anything Jordan gives you.
0: I would, I would agree to a certain extent because, I mean, Jordan is just nowhere near the player he once was. But, I mean, just there's a reason why Jordan plays. So, like – so, I mean, I understand Doc's logic. I just – it just it kind of comes down to the point where, like, they sh- definitely should have signed somebody better than DeAndre Jordan. Just um, at the end of the day, you, you, you know, who knows who he's going to go with in this series. If he goes with Reed, I'll be very interested to see how the Raptors utilize him because Toronto will be one of those teams I'll be like, yo, go at him. He's going to commit a bunch of fouls. Go at him. So – because they're just they, they got a high basketball IQ and they're smart and they're, they're going to know how to draw the fouls against against Reed, but then with Jordan in the game is kind of like oh Jordan's in the game go at him too attack so um, I think they're just kind of screwed in the backup minutes uh, like like no matter how you kind of look at it
1: I would disagree there I think if I think the goal needs to be to just
0: Keep I don't it. think they're going to be able to, though. I see, I, I like, I know where you're about to go. Just hold your head above water and keep things good no, till Jordan back. Keep it, keep it even. Like, just keep it even. Yeah, right. Keep it to, even. I don't think they can. Not in this series, either with Reed or Jordan. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it depends on the lineup they use, but I, I, I think
1: Paul Reed can do some things. I, I, I think he can. What commit now, fouls? Sure, it's open. <laughs> Jordan.
0: Yeah, they're both going to. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they're screwed either way. Like this, this you, you look at the backup center spots. It's, it's not in great shape right now.
1: No, it's not. It's not. And you would obviously rather have a, just about anybody you could get your hands on as backup center, uh, as opposed to what they have. However, I think Paul Reed wins at the margins in ways that Jordan does not.
0: Um, I mean, I like, guess you could say that again because Reed is much more, Reed is much more athletic. Reed is. You know, he he brings a much higher energy, right? Um, like and, Jordan, and, and he at least brings effort on the defensive end. Like there are times where Jordan just stands there, but yeah,
1: like Jordan Jordan doesn't box out. He doesn't go. Doesn't give passionate contests when there's a 50-50 ball. He's not getting on the floor for it. And beyond that, um, like when he's in the pick and roll. He's constantly, I mean, he's constantly jumping at the wrong, at the wrong decisions. I mean, he wasn't horrible in in the first Harden game against Toronto. In fact, they really lost that game really more because of Harden. He committed like three turnovers in a row to begin the fourth quarter, and Toronto scored on all of them, and that was really like the game right there. Yeah. Um, but the, you know you need to create every marginal advantage you can, especially with Thibodeau out, and I think win those minutes or you not maybe not win but you can do some damage control in those minutes with 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 Reed as opposed to just Drummond getting bludgeoned every time isn't that Drummond
0: jordan getting bludgeoned every time on the floor. yeah speaking speaking of Drummond, they miss them good good on brooklyn to uh include <laughs> that was that, smart. Dude.
1: that was smart that was smart um all right kai so have we covered everything you think
0: uh honestly i, th- I think we have um I just, I, I, again, I I think Philadelphia will win this series, you know, but for, 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 I, like I've seen some people think Sixers will sweep them. Um, and just like I'm going to have to disagree wholeheartedly. This series will definitely go six. And I've, I've got Philadelphia in seven. Like, like that's probably my official prediction.
1: I'm taking the Raptors in six.
0: Okay.
1: Hold on to that. Um, they're going to win in six. I think the average margin of victory in the series is going to be like, Four points, five points. Like this is Yeah, be- I feel like
0: every game is going to be close.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a grinded out, painful, arduous series. And I, okay. I just think – when it comes down to for me, I don't think Doc or this team as a whole, especially in their last two games against the Raptors where the Raptors didn't have OG or Fred VanVleet. Right. They did not do anything to build any kind of equity to say like, yeah, we can we can beat this team.
0: And I mean, Van Vliet didn't play in three of the four games and Toronto won three out of four like Correct. during the regular season. So Correct. um I'm 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 just holding on to Philadelphia having more talent. Uh that's what kind of what happens in these playoff series when you have the better talent, the best players, you normally are going to be able to come out on top. Um, so that's why I have the Sixers pulling this out. But let's just say that to grind it out with Toronto, then round two, you gotta play Miami. Who is a much better team? So
1: I actually think the Sixers are be- are better against Miami than they are against
0: the Raptors. I don't think so. I I, I don't. Okay. Um, like I'm I've been much higher on the Heat than a lot of people have for some reason. I don't know why people are like acting like the Heat are bad. I mean, like they're gonna have the Sixth Man of the Year in Tyler Hero, and then Jimmy Butler always seems to have a switch come playoff time. But uh, I-, I like the Heat.
1: All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe we will even get to that point. He's Kai Carlin. I am Austin Krell. Kai, where can they where can they find you?
0: You can find me at SixersWire.com. You can also find Austin at SixersWire.com as well. He and I are actually going to be putting together a playoff preview for SixersWire, our X-Factors. You can look out for that tomorrow on SixersWire.com. Check that out in the morning. And then you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Kai underscore Carlin.
1: Kai Carlin, everybody. I am Austin Krell. You can find me on Twitter at NBA I cover the six for the painted lines as well as the regular NBA as a whole for the NBA wires on USA Today. Everybody, game one is at 6 p.m. on Saturday night. Um, the series starts that night, and we will see you then again. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Have a good night.